You are listening to the Murray Hills Church Podcast. To learn more about Murray Hills Church, including our gathering times and how to connect with us, visit us online at murrayhills.com. just a sweet reminder of how good our God is and the fact that he chases after us on in times when we sometimes get distracted from his will. Before we jump into prayer and sermon, I get the privilege of introducing a new family to you all this morning, the Lynch family. Everybody welcome them to Murray Hills. We have Josh and Kate. And we have Claire Jackson and baby Lucas. Are you guys in the room? Can you stand up for us? There you are. Welcome to Murray Hills. We're so excited you guys are here. Thank you. Make sure after service you welcome them, introduce yourself to them, and make them feel even more at home. So this morning I get the privilege of continuing our Sermon on the Mount series. And in this series, Jesus is not doing his usual teaching like on, as parables and stories, he's teaching pretty directly to those that are listening. And what he is talking to, what, who he's talking to is people that have chosen to follow after God. So today's message is going to be about prayer and dependency in the verses we're going to look at this morning. Sometimes when I mention the word prayer, if you are a new believer or young in your faith, sometimes that word can be so overwhelming. Sometimes people say, I don't pray as well as I think that I should. They think that prayer has to be done in a certain way, at a certain time, in a certain place, with a certain posture. But prayer is very simple. It is a conversation between us and God. But what we often forget is that when we have a conversation, two things are necessary. Talking and listening. So when we pray, God wants to hear everything that we have to say, which I love. It's so beautiful. But just as important, he wants us to stop and listen as he speaks to us. So let's jump into today's text, which is Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. When I was growing up in church, um, verse 7 was one of the verses that I almost memorized immediately. I heard it very often. Because I was taught that as a kingdom kid, that I deserved the best because my Father God was all-powerful, the creator of the universe. I could speak anything I wanted with all power and all authority, and it would happen. Today, I I would rephrase that verse to what I was taught as, ask for a Bentley, seek a Bentley, and you will find a Bentley. (laughs) You may know that as prosperity gospel. But this is not what Jesus is talking about in this text. He is talking about, this is not an example of a name it and claim it type of prayer. Jesus is pointing us 
to himself, to God, and to others, not things. God wants us to have the things we need, and he even mentions that throughout this text. But his greatest desire for us is to seek his face and not his hand. The promises we just read about in Matthew are not a way to manipulate God to get our way, to treat him like a genie in a bottle. They are an invitation to interact with a generous and loving God who loves when we speak to him and when we stop and spend time with him. So if this teaching is not about getting more stuff, what exactly is God talking about in these verses? Let's break it down. Asking it will be given, seeking you will find, knock, and the door will be open. Many scholars have noticed that this seems to be a progression in this verse. Asking signifies a single request. Seeking requires time and persistence. And knocking requires repetition and time. So asking is a request. And in the sermon, Jesus is talking to people that have chosen to follow him. So therefore, asking, seeking, and knocking are not merely asking for selfish desires all the time, but asking for things that line up with God's will for our lives. And what we also have noticed in that text is the word asking means request, which means that permission is needed from someone in authority. Jesus is teaching that we are to approach him with humility and awareness of our need for him. This is exactly opposite of something I would call passenger seat gospel. Now this is, passenger seat gospel is something that I also grew up with, and a lot of believers are taught this today, even from the stage, and that is that when we become a believer, we remain in the driver's seat of our lives, Jesus just comes in the passenger seat on the side, and we only ask for his input when needed. We do things our own way and only consult him when we've messed something up, when our plans have gone wrong, then and only then do we look over and ask him, Jesus, please fix it. Nowhere in scripture does the life that Jesus calls us to sound anything like this. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 25, Jesus says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, meaning he is the leader, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Just a few years ago, when I graduated from high school, that's a joke, wasn't really a few years ago, um, I knew I was going to college. Everybody was going to college at the time. I knew that that was my life's mission. That was my next step. But I had no idea what my major was supposed to be. So I picked one, and um, then one day at church, my pastor stopped me. And she said, yes, she. She said, um, do you know what God is directing you to do with your life? And I said, well, people have told me that God has called me to be a Bible teacher, but I'll do that when I'm old and gray. Plus, I really don't want to do that anyway. And so she said, why are you majoring in biology? And I said, well, that's something I will do later on in life. I don't need to do that right now. She looked at me in the eyes and she said, if you know what God is directing you to do, 
And you need to be doing everything in your life to point yourself in that direction. I was not happy. <laughs> I was three semesters into college, almost halfway through my biology degree, but I got this feeling in my gut and I knew that God was speaking through her. So I stopped and I asked and I prayed <laughs> and I said, God, I don't want to change my major. I had a friend that did it and I said, I will never ever do that. I want to get through school. But I knew <laughs> that that was what God was leading me to do. And so three semesters into college, I changed my major to education. So funny, when I was preparing for this message this week, I forgot all about that story, and that I would be telling that story on this stage, teaching you God's word, and I'm only a little old and a little gray. <laughs> Following Jesus means that we lay down our plans, we submit our lives to him and pursue his will, especially in all the big decisions that we need to make. Wisdom on our future, how we handle our finances, how we raise our children, how we lead our families, how we love our spouse, how we content in our singleness, how we love our neighbors. When we become believers, we are making a decision to follow after Jesus. We are not asking him to follow after us. You may be asking me, I hear what you're saying, it sounds all good, but what if God's plans for my life aren't exactly what I want. That may be the case. <laughs> but it will be more than you ever dreamed of. I can say in my situation, I was only able to make it through college because I knew that the degree I was pursuing was exactly where God was leading me. I am so glad that day that I made that decision to start listening to God, start praying and asking him for his direction in my life. It's not always going to be easy. There will be lots of lessons along the way, but it will give you a peace, a joy, and contentment to know that you are walking in the will of the one who created you. And I must stop right now and say that if you are a current college student or a future college student, please stop and ask God, God, am I on the right path? Am I doing what you have for me to do, it will save you a lot of time, heartache, and a lot of money. <laughs> so stop and seek counsel from those around you to help direct you to what God has for you. No matter what stage of life you are currently in, find some good Christian counsel, some good Christian friends and mentors, someone that will lead you to the wisdom of God as you walk through life. Not someone to tell you exactly what you are to do, but someone that will give you wisdom as you seek God for yourself. I am so thankful that God is a good and patient father, that we can seek him for wisdom for the big and small things. That is a gift. We can ask, we can seek, and seeking is what the next level is that Jesus mentions in Matthew 7, 7. Now, seeking is an active pursuit that requires movement. It connects our prayers with responsible action. So asking is what we pray with our lips, but seeking is what we do with our feet. 
It indicates that something is hiding, waiting, and wanting to be discovered. It becomes a search for insight, understanding, a search for God and his will for our lives. Jesus is telling us to seek God and the answers we need. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13 says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. The reward at the end of our searching, Jesus tells us, is that we will find him. Ask, seek, and knock. Now, knocking requires both time and repetition. It's more than just a single tap if you're thinking about somebody knocking on the door. It's multiple knocks so that whoever is on the other side of that door hears you. And we always know the more urgent the need, the louder and harder the knocks become. Everyone who asks will receive an answer. Everyone who seeks will find, and the door will be opened to everyone who knocks. What a relief that God does not just answer the prayers of the super holy or the ones that seem to always have it all together. He responds to sincere asking, seeking, and knocking from each and every one of his people. Now, if we just want stuff, we will seek it, we will find it, and it will leave us empty. But if we want God, if we want to spend time in his presence, in his word, if we want to get to know him more, we will search for him, and he guarantees to us that we will find him. The last verse in this text, Jesus talks about how we would never give our child a stone when they need bread or a snake when they need fish. Because if we would give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? What is so interesting in this text that Jesus used examples of bread and fish, which are two things that are needs, not wants. So we have to remember that we ask our Heavenly Father for something. When we ask him for something that is truly good, he would never give us something worthless in return. But the question is, how do we know what is truly good. When we pray and seek God's face, we do our best to pray in accordance with his will and trust his answer and his timing. How many of you have ever prayed and prayed and prayed for something and then time passed and you realized, thank God he did not answer that prayer. I'm so thankful that God knows best. And even in those things we have been praying for for a long, long time that we feel that are in God's will for our lives, we wonder, why hasn't he answered? Sometimes things, are, things we experience, delays, or what seem to God to be unanswered prayers from God are because we live in a broken and sinful world. But I want to remind you, no matter where you are, no matter what you're praying for today, that God sees you, he loves you, and he cares for you more than you will ever know. And he sees your hurt, your wounds, and your scars, and he promises that he will meet you right where you are when you search for him with all your heart. When I pray, I often add what Jesus prayed right before he went to the cross not my will, but yours be done. Or I will add, if it is your will. Because this helps me remember that I am submitting every one of my prayers, my plans, my requests to God. 
And if the prayer isn't answered in the way I think it should, or the timing that I think it should, it reminds me that God is in control. He is smarter than me. He has my best interests at mind. He knows what I need, and his timing is always, always perfect. I think about Abraham and Sarah who waited 25 years for their promised son, and Joseph who waited 20 long years for his dream to come true. Their stories may not help you or make you feel any less tired while you wait for your answered prayer, but it is a reminder that God keeps his promises. Keep asking, keep searching, and keep knocking. The last verse in today's text says that we, the way we treat, want to be treated should determine how we treat others. So Jesus is saying, just like he did throughout this sermon, that we focus our life and our direction on God, but we do not forget that we are living here on earth. There are people around us who need us to show them the love that we receive from our Father. We are to look up and to not forget that he equally calls us to look around. We cannot be too heavenly minded that we are no earthly good. Jesus taught his followers on the mountain that those that follow God look and love like God. I want to ask you this morning, those in the room, those watching online, who do you look like? Who is in the driver's seat of your life? Are you regularly talking to God in prayer, seeking his face, being persistent as you pursue him and his will for your life? Today, God wants to remind us that as Christians, he calls us to follow after him. To lay down our desires and our plans at his feet, to seek his wisdom and direction through prayer, and to treat those around us the way we want to be treated. God has amazing plans for each and every one of you. But you are going to have to lay yours down at his feet. Are you ready? I hope that our prayer from today moving forward becomes always not my will, but yours be done. Because those who pursue God will find him and they will look and love like he does. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for your reminder this morning of what you are calling us to as believers. It is so easy to be distracted by what we see around us, all the things we have to do on our agenda, but God, thank you for reminding us this morning that you are calling us first and foremost to pursue you, to pursue your will in our lives, for you to lead us and guide us and grow in our faith and relationship with you. God, I ask you to open our eyes to those around us, those who need to experience your love, 
God, and help us to love and look more like you. So that people will look at Christians and say there is something so beautiful and different about them, and I want what they have. God, thank you for our time together this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be dismissed. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. If you are encouraged by today's talk, feel free to share it with your friends. Please also consider rating and subscribing on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more, please visit us online at murrayhills.com.